movies were never safe to begin with, and the truth is stranger than fiction. Starring Moral Bob, Drew Misson, and Andy Rouse. Conspiracy Theater 3000. Our impulses are being redirected. We are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. Something given has no value. Well, I got a couple of thousand goddamn questions, you know? The world ain't what it seems, is it, Gunny? I want to speak to someone in charge. The moment you think you got it figured, you're wrong. Enforce, my friends, is violent. They've been studying it for years, fighting our weaknesses. I want a lot to complaint. <laughs> you're safe and alive. You're already dead, everybody. They have created a repressive society, and we are their unwitting accomplices. The world is a business. You have no right to make people crazy. We've got to stop them! They're going to kill us all! How come I know so much? Their intention to rule rests with the annihilation of consciousness. What the hell is going on around here? Who's going on, you people? They are safe as long as they are not discovered. That is their primary method of survival. Keep us asleep, keep us selfish, keep us sedated. We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented. With which we're presented. With which we're presented. Welcome back for another episode of Conspiracy Theater 3000. We are back for a special event. It is October. That means it is spooky month. We're here for our Halloween special, everybody. Today, we're going to be breaking down three Halloween films of our choice and just have some fun with it. It's time to get scared, folks. So today, this is where it's at. The horror, the spooks, the gargoyles, all the creatures. Bob, what's going on? (laughs) What's going on, man? That's a hell of an intro. That was good. I don't know how spooky my my movie's going to be, but uh, this should be a good one. It's it's more campy than anything else. I remember BDSM campy now. (laughs) Not that we're giving away what your film is yet, but there's a lot of BDSM in that. Uh, kind of, kind of. What a leather daddies. It's, it's a weird one. It's weird. It's not as scary as I remember it. If you were going to get into that whole culture, if you were going to get into the leather daddy culture, what would you be? Would you be somebody that, that like the puppy play type? Would you be a leather daddy? Would you be someone that got strung up from the ceiling and just had their way with, or like, what would you be? What's like the male version of a dominatrix? Like, Probably the leather daddy, right? I guess. You know, whatever, like, uh, what's that fucking (laughs) stupid book slash movie that the chicks went crazy for? Oh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, that one. Okay. Um, You'd have a sex dungeon. Yeah, man. Of course. Okay. All adults. Yeah. See, we promise scary people and it's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Drew. The idea of me being a Christian Grey type is scarier than the movie I watched. Right. That is, I, I definitely agree. Drew, you strike me as someone that would kind of like to get kind of ran through by chicks. Like you, you wouldn't mind getting like, like you wouldn't mind getting chained down and like your face sat on. Hi. No comment. That's not even a bad thing. I'm not saying like, you know, it, it who just wants seems... a mustache ride? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure that it's women not going to ride itself, people. Oh, yeah. my God. I love it. I love it. It's how but you yeah. keep it shiny. That's right. <laughs> exactly. All, all natural oils, just straight from the source. How do you think the beard stays so red? 
right? That's <laughs> what it is. But no, man, I'm excited to do this, guys. I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. And I actually saw a stand up special from um I forget who it was. It was that the guy that if people listen to Monday Night Master Debaters that the Great Deception puts on, right? It was the the comedian that he was talking about. Um, I can't believe I can't remember his name, but I noticed something in that. And also I watched Mortal Kombat, the newer one. And then it made me think of Suicide Squad as well, right? Why are Australians portrayed as kind of like these buffoons in so many things? I thought it was really interesting. Like you see it, you see it in um, Suicide Squad, the dude that's the Australian. He's like the dumb kind of asshole. And then also in Mortal Kombat, Kano is Australian and he's like a, a dumb buffoon again. And then this comedian was making fun of him like that. And I'm like, man, I don't see it. I really don't see it. I talk with a few Australians and you guys are all like normal ass people. So why do you think that is, Joe? I don't know. The, the accents that I hear in those circumstances, they seem to sound like Queenslanders or Northern Australians. <laughs> okay. Which, which for context sounds a little bit more redneck, a bit more bogany. Whereas okay. Australians from the South are a bit more intellectually sounding like myself. Not to I, toot okay. my own horn, but they have very different accents. It's hard for internationals to notice it but we notice it at home that's for sure gotcha it's like north and south accents here and yeah, the comedian exactly. i was thinking of is uh shane gillis um ah, but yeah yes. he had a great bit it was hilarious but i'm just like what is it what is it with these australians man they they pissed off the wrong is people, that the I dude guess. that got canceled a while back for some I'm, crazy shit probably i think he got canceled it was a long time ago it was probably four or five years ago <laughs> but he was supposedly like an up-and-comer and fucking said nigger or something like anyone funny gets canceled freaking, man yeah it was crazy because he's he was funny if i'm remembering the right person but as far as australians go see i grew up with crocodile dundee and the crocodile hunter so like i grew up like australians were the badasses man right they might be redneck but they you don't fuck with them I like a redneck. I like a redneck. Uh, I've got a buddy from, uh, you know, that listens to the show and he's like, man, you hate everything about me. You hate baseball. You hate potheads. You hate Southern draws and like all this shit. I'm like, no, dude, I just talk shit about everyone. Like it, it doesn't mean that I hate you right. at all. So no, I love a, I love a redneck, dude. Yeah, I know you mean Southern Draws by, like, the accent, the way that they pronounce their words. But when I heard Southern Draws, I just imagined, like, when Americans refer to underwear as drawers. Right, right. Like, have they got special underwear, like Mormons or something going on? Right. Yeah, the, the sacred <laughs> underwear. <Better> flag. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, we're all over the place right now. I didn't expect, I didn't have on my bingo card Bob throwing a hard R out right away. But he did. He did it. And I like it. You can't it. be I mean, afraid of, anybody that's offended by words can fuck off. <laughs> no man I, i'm here for you i'm here for you man i got your back um but yeah dude like i said i'm excited to do this episode man it's a nice uh nice time of the year and people need to be watching more movies lately with all the fucking craziness going on absolutely man like yeah and that's what this time of year is yeah it's all about having fun man people forget to just kind of have fun with shit like i i i mean i think we've all spent time in that dark ass place on our journeys where it's just like fuck <laughs> yeah you know you're too focused and down rabbit holes it's why i quit growing going down rabbit holes man that shit put me in a bad mood yeah man you gotta try and enjoy sports too i know you call it bread and circuses but you gotta you know not not to the point where you're buying jerseys and paying for shit but you know it's 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 i was to enjoy a sport i told you i was a 
I, I got this new job and we're doing a a job at a middle school. Uh, speaking of sports, real quick, and they've we're working right by the football field for the middle school. And man, they were running plays out there at the end of the day today. And I looked over there and I was like, man, I do wish I do miss watching some freaking football. Yeah, it's fun, man. Football is freaking rad. College football, at least. Yeah, why not? Why not? A good distraction sometimes is exactly AFL. It's all a good distraction sometimes. We know it's a distraction, but you just need it sometimes because you have to come up from air from those rabbit holes sometimes, right? And it's yeah, and it's so fun, man, just to go and get fucked up and just hate <laughs> on another team. Like that's what it's about. It's not even about rooting for your team. It's just about hating the other team. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think it's worth it, man. But uh, yeah, sorry to uh, derail right away, but that's right. it's a fun time that's of year, all, man. man. That's it. All right, Bob, you're kicking this one off. You've chosen a film. Would you like to tell what the audience, what the film is, and then we can play a trailer and we'll get started? Yeah, so I decided to go with an old-time classic that um, I remember being scary as fuck and kind of, like, creepy because of all the symbolism and shit in it. Um, And that movie is Hellraiser. And, man, it's... uh, I'm not going to say that it disappointed, but... Adult me wasn't near as terrified. <laughs> That's the nostalgia factor sometimes, right? Sometimes right. You, you imagine and remember things very differently from when you were younger, and then you watch it again as an adult, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? Were you thinking that you were going to go back and watch it, and it was going to be, like, scary? Yeah, well, I mean, I I like scary movies, so I don't, yeah. like, get scared, but oh, I lie. like that anticipation of what's coming, like the fucking... You know, the jump the music scares. changes, yeah. and you're just like, "What's well, coming?" And yeah, then I love gore, like the bloodier and crazier the better. You know, like the practical effects in this movie were really good ahead like, of the time. That that shit held up, man. The, nice, they were really really good. So, all in all, awesome movie. Watch it; it's it's hilarious. <laughs> Now, when did this one come out? Because there's like 25 of them, isn't there? There's several of these movies. It is, right? <laughs> and I didn't. I neglected to write down the year it came out, or did I? No. I can check it out right now. Um, but you're talking about I the original, say right? Mid 80s, something like that. Mid to late 80s. I okay. was young, man. I was probably 1987, I think. 87. Yeah. So I was like yeah. nine uh, when I watched God, it. I wasn't even born yet. Jesus. And it, I remember it being fucked up. That's all I remember. Yeah, I was swimming around in my dad's nutsack, man, at night in 1987. <laughs> I was I was freaking watching crazy ass movies and riding three wheelers around. That's about it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, back before the three wheeler was outlawed. Right. Yeah, when you could buy those things. <laughs> what do we got? Oh, we got a link. We got a link. All right. Is this to the trailer? Drew, you're muted, man. Ah, I did a Ryan. Damn it. Fuck. It's, it's normally you. Jesus. All right. That's uh, my patented thing. Yeah, that is your thing. Sorry, I'm taking away your stuff. All right. That's all right. Trailer is in the chat so we can uh, play this and, and get it going. Let's do it. You want me to do it? Who's going to who's Yeah, doing go it? ahead, Ryan. Okay. Yeah, because it's like... Bear with me. I will get this going for us. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I... Other than things like this, like what what are some like like classic old horror movies that you guys were into? Well, I almost straight 
like Freddy yeah. Krueger films. That were big. Krueger. I, I was thinking about doing Friday the Thirteenth. Classic man, classic. You know, classic okay. slasher. You know, I was right. I was thinking along the lines of Halloween. That's what brought me to Hellraiser was something that you would probably see on TV during Halloween. You know, if you were just thumbing through the channels like people used to do. Right. You know, the, I'm surprised that none of us picked Halloween with with uh, Michael Myers. You know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a wonderful movie. And they've done, again, 20 of those damn things. Right. But uh, do you guys want me to full screen this bad boy or just leave it like this? Either dealer's choice. All right, let's rock it. Here we go. Hellraiser 1987 trailer. have seen the future of horror his name is clive barker it man you I know, know Bob, that looks pretty creepy to me yeah trailer sold it for me that's how i remember it it's wild like and dude, i didn't remember it that way and i might be remembering a different one because there's like 30 of them right but um i could have sworn it was the first one that was a lot creepier i guess i i remembered it i remembered freaking uh pinhead being in it more Dude, I didn't put two and two together when you told me Hellraiser. I forgot Pinhead, man. I, I pictured him, but for some reason, I just didn't get Pinhead in it. And I have this hilarious story about Pinhead. When I was a little kid, probably five, six years old, I was always trying to be like this badass. And my aunt was babysitting me at my parents' house, um, my mom's older sister. And she was showing me some scary book, like an R.L. Stein goosebumps type book. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm not afraid of anything, not even pinhead. Right. That was my line <laughs> that I had. And so she's like, okay, let's, let me, let me show you this creepy glow in the dark thing. So she, we go in the laundry room, she closes the door and it's pitch black. And I raged out, came out, opened the door and just kicked my pit bull dog bonsai. It was my, the family dog just raged out and kicked the dog in the belly. And the dog's just like, what the fuck did I do? You know, but I just remember that. And they give me shit about it anytime, anytime, like, you know, I've had a girlfriend that I've brought over or whatever. They're like, yeah, Ryan said he's not afraid of anything, not even pinhead. 
And then he kicked <laughs> this dog. And I love that dog. That dog bonsai was the shit, man. But I just went out there and just really, really let him have it, man. Gave him the what for. It was pretty bad. But uh, <laughs> for some reason, Pinhead stuck with me, dude. Oh, geez. Well, well, why did you kick thing. the dog? I don't get that light. I just raged <laughs> out. I raged out. I didn't know what to do. It's like a caveman, right? Like I was a baby, essentially, five, six years old, and just pissed off and i i wanted to probably hit my aunt but i knew i couldn't do that so i just took it out on the dog i don't know it's a it, it was a bad i've since corrected that behavior right i would hope <laughs> yeah imagine anytime i get pissed off i just kick a dog no man you guys that's why you have dogs. so many dogs <laughs> yeah I, I, I can't can't it, it fucking makes sense man <laughs> no man no yeah it was a really it was a, i was a shithead as a kid dude. oh man Believe i think not. that's just part of being a kid yeah, man. Yeah, I. God rest Bonsai's soul. He was a great dog, and he dealt with all my bullshit. I shoved a tinker toy up his ass one time. A little, you know, the tinker toy things. I put one in his butt, and he didn't even bite me, dude. He was a saint of a dog. Well, let's get back to Hellraiser. <laughs> Hellraiser, nineteen eighty-seven. All right, so this is this no, is Clive Barker. Hellraiser. This is the Clive Barker movie. Clive Barker is known for his horror movies. He's done all the Hellraiser movies. He's done what else? Lord of Illusions. You know, he's just Candyman. He's your your typical horror uh, director. And this was like early in his career. And man, it uh it opens like with this dude making a deal to get a cute, right? Like it, it's these two people sitting at a table and he's talking to this Asian dude and he's like, yeah, I just want it. Here's your money. And his fingernails are all dirty and shit. It's all gross. Like he's been searching for this thing and the Asian dude gives it to him and goes here. It's yours. It always has been. And he goes, the next scene is like, he's sitting in um in like a little seance area there's candles around him and shit and he's got the cube and he's he's opening it up and when he opens it up he twists it and puts it back together and it like opens the portal to hell basically and they rip him apart and and like take him to their world to torture it for like hell and then, like, the next scene is, like, apparently that dude's brother, like, inherits the house that this all went down in. And they're trying to, they move in, him and his wife, I think, move into this house. And they're looking around at stuff, trying to figure it out. His brother... um has just disappeared, which is something that's common. So they're not even thinking about like what could have happened to him. They're just like, all right, well, you know, the house is empty. Let's, let's go, let's go get it. And so, um, did you imagine them putting that cube on like a, a Rubik's cube challenge table with all those autistic kids? And just one of those autists just opens up the dimension. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what this movie's talking about, right? Like, um, it's about it's about you know another dimension that gets opened up 
that's, you know, their normal in that dimension is torture and pain. Like they, they call it pleasure. You know, these beings which call themselves, where do I have it written down? Um, it's such a fucking stupid name. Cenobites. 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 That sounds like a delicious cinnamon. It sounds like a treat, right? <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, like I want it some cinnabites. Every time yeah. I heard that word during the movie, I was like, "Man, I want some." I need some fucking cinnabites now. Where the grand's at? <laughs> yeah, man. So, what is what's this? You know, reason that that like you keep bringing up this other dimension here? Like, do you feel that there's other dimensions like this, like a multiverse type situation? Because we haven't talked about that much. We you mostly. Talk about how you feel that, you know, what we're living in right now is not what we're told. But do you feel like yourself personally, Bob, that there's like multiple versions of people out there? And maybe there is a a version of of society that values suffering and values pain. And maybe it's it's fucking our, you know, society right now. Right. Like the elite seem to thrive. It does seem to think like it does seem that way, doesn't it? Yeah. But do you think that there's actually something where love is looked at as we would see like death or something in a right. separate dimension. Sure. Sure. I think at this point in time, I think anything is possible. I think if it, you know, who was it that said, if you can think it, it, it exists. Um, I think that was, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. There's that. If you dream it, uh, if you believe it, you can do it or some shit like that. Right. But, but yeah, I think, I think at this point in time, anything is is possible in reality in altered dimensions you know who fucking knows right who knows i don't i i i just will never say that it's not possible right right yeah i was just wondering why crazy shit so sure yeah i was just wondering why you you were you know going back to that but yeah man um well it's just that like it and it says in the movie like i'll get to it towards the end but they kind of the Cenobites explain what they are, you know, like um they're not from Earth. Like that's it's not some earthly being. This is definitely opening a portal to a different dimension. This little cube that he opens has all these markings and like um letters or whatever on it. So it's some ancient device. That's been around for who knows how long. I mean, they mention that they've been around for a really long time. So, mm. you know, it it leads to that that multiverse kind of theory, right? Like, yeah, there Gotta are the other ones. Too. It's not necessarily hell. Um, and he mentions that too. Uh, Pinhead does, and there's a bunch of other crazy looking fuckers, dude. Like it's weird, but anyway, I digress. So, um, like this dude's the dude that did the seance, his brother moves into the house with his wife. They're trying to like start fresh or some shit and they're going through the house and he goes up to the attic, uh, where the seance was and they, you're expecting to see something. And all you see is it's like burned up in there. Like the walls are scorched. The rest of the house is fine. But in this one room, the walls are scorched. They never say anything about it. It bothered me the entire fucking movie where I'm like, 
are they not going to say anything about this room that was clearly set on fire? Mm. Like, they're just like, oh, I guess this is just an extra room. Just close the door. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's, it was clearly a fire in that room, and they never say anything about it. But in that room, the guy walks in, and he, he snags his hand on a nail, and he bleeds on the ground, Ooh. right? And so that you you see that blood soak into the board of the floor um and then later like it starts it starts like bubbling up this weird goo out of the floorboards <laughs> and you just that's all you see you just see this goo i'm telling you the practical effects in this movie were quite spectacular for 87 right um because it didn't look like fake it just looked cheesy if that makes sense yeah, it looked like eerie when something looked like almost dreamlike, yeah. right? Right, right. Yeah, you know, some some of the older stuff, you get into the 70s, and some of that horror stuff is just like, man, you just squirted a ketchup bottle, man. Yeah, I yeah. fucking saw it. Like, you know, some of it can be really bad. but the, And that recycled they, sound effect of someone screaming where it's like, <laughs> that one, where that same one that's gone over and over. You hear that in all kinds of different movies, right? Well, they all use the same tracks. And if yeah, you yeah, watch yeah. like how movies are made, they all had, there's like a set, set of tracks that are pre recorded that yeah. you can just go to and get any time. Like, like those kids like laughing and giggling. The... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just a track that they just put in. You know, they don't have little kids in a microphone like, huh? Oh, no, you didn't. You know what? You didn't do that, right? Let's right. retake. Like, they just get Timmy, it. Timmy, we want it to sound more demonic. Come on, Timmy. More <laughs> demonic. Right. Channel your inner demon. Um, In this house that they're in, <clears throat> there's a bunch of, like, Virgin Mary statues and shit. Like, there's a bunch of uh, Catholic kind of paraphernalia around the house which kind of gives you this spiritual kind of uh feeling of the house and but yet you go into it knowing that something really fucked up happened in it right Mm -hmm. um because you just i mean at that point in time you're assuming i guess that the house that they're coming into was frank's i don't think they frank was the sorry i'm saying names already frank was the (laughs) name of the dude and I don't, I don't do all the name stuff. Everybody's sorry. Uh, I tried in mine. I tried yeah, in mine. But yeah, Drew does a great job with that. Yeah, Drew is the is the pro. So I we're just talking about him like he's him. not here. But yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, but uh, where was I? Oh, Frank. <laughs> Frank is the dude that did the seance, right? Right. Um, his brother is Larry, and Julia is his wife. I don't know if I remember the daughter's name. There's a daughter too. Um, But you see all of these Mary statues. And then the daughter of Larry shows up. Right. And uh, it shows why the daughter doesn't like Frank. Or the daughter doesn't like the, the wife. Right. Because it shows a flashback where the wife fucked the brother Frank that whose house it was. And so um they it it alludes to them having this secret relationship, the Larry's wife and Frank. 
And then it cuts, like, let's see, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I should write better notes. I really should. Um, yeah, there's a, then it cuts after the, the boards start bubbling, right? It cuts to a dinner party. Uh, the wife said she doesn't want, she doesn't feel good at this dinner party and she wants to go to bed. And so she goes up into the attic and she's looking around in that burnt up fucking room nobody talks about and kind of thinks she hears something, but then turns to walk out and a hand, this gooey skeleton like hand grabs her leg and it's this dude that has come out of the boards, which is actually turns out to be Frank. Like he has somehow come back from the dimension that these weird creatures were in. And he comes back as goo, which is really how he kind of transforms through this because um, he tells her that, you know, he needs, he needs blood. He's able to convince her because they were in love. And so he starts telling her, Hey, I need blood. I need, and just a few drops brought me to this. And he's just like this weird skeleton that's covered in like fucking pink goo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she loves him so much that she starts going out and picking up dudes to bring home and kill to feed to Frank. Well, so she acts like she's gonna fuck him or something. Well, she's like they're ex lovers, right? Okay. And so she's trying to bring him back to life. No, I'm saying like this chick is bringing home oh, dudes. Yeah, yeah. Like she's acting like she's going to fuck these dudes. Right. She's going okay. to bars and picking up bar flies. Love and it. Coming back and uh, and pretending like she's going to fuck them, takes them all the way up to the attic yeah. and then hits them in the head with a hammer. Uh, it's... Imagine the psychological impact this film had on dudes in the 80s trying to pick up. Like right. You didn't know right. some bitch was trying to sacrifice you. Dude, there's some there's a there's a lot of movies out there like that, man. There's uh Black Mirror has a really good episode on that too, where they talk about like um uh, it's the one with John Hamm in it, where he's kind of like, you know, kind of being like the uh Moses for all these virgins and he's showing them all how to get laid, you know, and, and um some some dude gets poisoned like that. And it, it is scary, man. In the age of Tinder, you hear about a lot of dudes that that uh, you know, take advantage of women, but who's to say like a chick's not going to lure you into like a freaking orgy or something with like seven of her friends. And then they all overpower your ass. They're like, Hey, we're going to tie you up and do some wild shit to you. And then they end up, you know, doing something else, man. Like it, it doesn't take seven chicks. It could take three girls. You know what I mean? For a drunk dude. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's definitely something that's always been something a little worrisome. Yeah, I mean, that's it's definitely something that that had to have been on people's minds back then, right? Especially because when you're was... as attractive as, as the three of us, you know what I mean? It's it's scary. <laughs> Throwing satanic panic of that time, right? There was people the afraid of AIDS. It's really the too. demons you got to be scared of, right? Right? AIDS is just something small. That's small. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Basically, I, I'm just going to break this movie down pretty quickly because it's it's about it's yeah. more about the symbolism of the entire movie than any single scene. I was looking for little kind of symbols or anything, and you don't really see that much of it. Um, maybe they didn't 
layer it in like they do now because you watch stuff now and man it's just symbolism the entire time well Um, people are dumb so they have to put it in their faces back then it was more subliminal and it seemed like it took even more effectively because people were smarter in the 80s and 90s well they were also (laughs) effectively now we've got a stage hand with a sign Stagehand with a sign in the background saying we're killing you on purpose, and then they walk out of shot. Yeah, and they're like, "What? What was that? How do you? What was that word?" It's like, "Jeez, yeah, it's rough." But yeah, I'm sorry, Bob. Um, but yeah, so so this lady keeps trying to um get Frank to come all the way back to a full person, and he gets to the point that he's enough of a person that he takes the clothes off of one of the guys that she kills and like puts on like a suit. Right. <laughs> Cause she's bringing home business dudes, I guess they're all like business dudes. So, um, Frank as this just like skeleton covered in like some muscle structure and a lot of goo, he just, he puts on a suit for some reason. I don't, I'm not sure why, but he like gets dressed, but you can see his goo like coming through the shirt and shit. <laughs> He's like dripping goo all over the place. And, uh, at, like what I wondered was like, like a few drops of blood brought him to be like enough of a figure that he could move around. But then he was getting whole ass people and he was like not making a lot of progress after a little while. <laughs> like, like the progress really slowed. It had like a diminishing return. Mm. Oh, can I throw a theory at you? Was the yeah. blood that dropped on the ground hers or was it his brother's? It was his brother's. Now they so, never talk uh, about uh, it in the movie, but I'm there's a couple times blood. where the daughter that doesn't like the stepmom almost catches her in the room with Frank. And you're like, oh, is she going to fucking kill the daughter? And be, and because it's bloodline, that's what he really needs. But Frank never ends up saying anything about killing the daughter. That's kind of what I was expecting to happen. I was like, oh, he's going to want, he's going to want real, like, bloodline blood. Like, he's going to get yeah. to the point to where these bar flies aren't doing it. And he's going to convince her to sacrifice her husband or her stepdaughter. And... Uh, very disappointing in the plot there because I I thought for sure that's what was coming. You wonder too if this stuff is real and it could be right. The the whole idea of like uh, blood having power to, I don't know, feed a certain energy or whatever we want to say, there's got to be different types of blood and different people like with different character traits or different quality of character that would have more power of that like if you took like this is why i feel like the uh if we're doing this whole idea children's blood is so valuable in this because they're a they're innocent they're pure they're not poisoned by the air and the food and the water that we drink and all this shit and you know if you take a shitty businessman or whatever that's you know trying to you know hook up with somebody in a bar that's like the lowest I mean, you know, society would tell you that's like the lowest value human right there, even though right. I think that it's it's probably just an average person, realistically, right? Right. It's um, like fast food, an equivalent of a... Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's fast food. That's yeah. the perfect way to say it. It's easy. It's there. It's available. 
these some dudes are ready to go fuck. home. <laughs> yeah, these dudes are ready to go home and and uh, you know be sacrificed or be taken advantage of in whatever way. But then there's there's something too like these certain special people where that blood has more value. That makes sense for sure. I mean they've they've shown that trans doing a transfusion with younger blood can actually reverse right. aging. There's a company out there, Ambrosia, that does that. Really, mm-hmm. and they That's name it after the the Ambrosia. nectar of the gods. How the ironic! Yeah, yeah, of man. Course. Naturally, yeah. and I founded that company. I'm just kidding. No, it's like just some bullshit weird. Brian company is 375 years old. Everybody, he's been kicking <laughs> dogs for for centuries. <laughs> yeah, dude, I still get carded every once in a while. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's wild, dude. It's it's it, it, there's something to that symbolism there, though, for sure. Yes. Yeah, and so, but they never talk about it. It's never mentioned. Like, they they leave a lot, and I don't know if that's intentional or if it was just lazy. Um, Either way, it leaves a lot to be questioned. So you're just, you get, at the end of the movie, you still have a lot of questions. I guess that's intentional, so you watch more. You're like, well, maybe they'll answer those questions in the next one. Well, that's why they have 45 of them out there. Yeah. They just never answer the question. They just yeah. keep kicking the can down the road. <laughs> they manage See to if we can milk for... this thing a little more. <laughs> yeah. They still want to know the answer <laughs> from that first movie. We're not going <laughs> to give it to them. <laughs> yeah, man. It's one of the most successful franchises out there. It's got to be. You know what I mean? It's up there with Friday the 13th and all this other shit. It's one of those movies you always see there's a direct-to-DVD film each year without fail. Sure. They just keep bringing them out, pumping them out, one after the other. And it's got such a loyal following that people are going to keep watching them. Yeah, you can't it's got a cult like, yeah, Absolutely. So you've got the blood symbolism, Bob. What are the other major themes that you saw stand out in this film? Uh, Well, a cube. You know, this was all caused by this golden cube right so there's definitely whatever the cube of saturn or you know whatever symbolism you want to read into there um then there's you know there's there's the symbolism of um kind of destruction of family i mean there's there's so much there right like because the family you can't trust your wife right because your wife fucked your brother and you know is trying to fuck him again behind your back and is killing people you know so there's the whole idea that it's going to break make people not trust people as much um then you've got the interdimensional beings so you know or it's with the virgin mary all over the place you've got spiritual symbolism in it um and then just kind of the way that the the Cenobites kind of enter the realm. It makes it seem very sci-fi. So then you have the idea of aliens or whatever, because these creatures are fucking wild looking, um, but yet human in a way. So there's, you know, it, it goes deep. Like it's a, it's a wild movie, man. The whole time I was, I was like, man, I don't think I'm remembering the right movie. (laughs) I was like, I don't know that I've ever seen this one before. Um, But, you know, I've done a lot of drugs. So, (laughs) that's okay. uh, You know, high school was a doozy. I deleted a lot of shit during that time. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, maybe I just don't remember it. 
like it was, or I forgot about the first one and it, I was remembering another one. You um, thought you were reviewing a bug's life here and it was Hellraiser, it seems like. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bob, so, I've got a question for you, mate. Yeah. In regards to this film. Now, these entities, whatever they are, they come from another dimension in which, like, everything's inverted. Pain is pleasure and, like, real evil shit seems to be just the lay of the land. That's the way it is there. Yep. Would you could you possibly consider that these things might be angels instead of demons? Just for the well, fact that they are so horrific in appearance and like the Bible doesn't throw hold any punches that when people see angels, they're so horrific that they actually scare the shit out of people. Right. So could it be some kind of inversion that they're neither demons nor angels? There's something in between. Well, he even he says that at one point in time. Uh Pinhead says because uh, somebody, I forget who it was, I've probably got it written here, but somebody asked him, what are you? And he said, some people have called us demons, some ha- people have called us angels. Um, I like that. We are just explorers in the further regions of experience. That's what he calls himself. Explorers. In the further regions of experience. So just different, not even necessarily evil or good, just different. Right. Mm. In their world, it's it's like each creature has some weird fucked up thing, right? Like Pinhead has a bunch of nails in his head. Right, right. And then there's another guy, his eyes are sewn shut and his mouth is like made to be super wide open with these clamps. Um there's another guy that's got like his throat freaking opened up or his stomach or something like that. It's these weird torch. All of them have some fucked up shit going on. Mm. Um, and they're all like happy about it. So, you know, they clearly don't view pain the same way that we do. You know, they view it more as pleasure and they clearly aren't, they kind of look human, but you you get the indication that they're not yeah that they are something more what we would call spiritual but really interdimensional very, being whatever you want to call it it's almost very sabatine or frankist in nature isn't it where it's like the 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 sin is the way to reach enlightenment and if they like using bloodletting and like bdsm sex type of stuff that seems right. really like the other spectrum to reach some kind of form of being mm. right they're clearly a higher being, right? Because they can be summoned. And he called, like, it talks about summoning in it. So, and it's just a word, right? Like, summoning could just be opening a portal. Like, it's not necessarily some, you know, witchcraft. It's a, it was a mechanism. It wasn't a spell that was spoken, you know, or something like that. Um, like a Ouija board type situation, it was, it was like a key that they opened and turned and put back in another way, and that's what opened it. And then to close it, you open it, turn it back the other way, and close it, and it'll close the portal. Um, and it's it's kind of like it lets you know that portals can be open but leaves kind of the interpretation to whether or not it is a physical or spiritual portal. So. Uh, yeah, that's going to tie in so well to my film I'm about to break down. 
Like, yeah. so good. Yeah, and that's when he says, some call us demons and others. To, or he says, we're demons to some and angels to others. And so he's just like, again, it depends. It depends. <laughs> depends on who it's coming from. You know, depends on who's objectively looking at it, and it it really makes you think. Like maybe the stories that we're told about the Bible and stuff are just—it's all perspective. And from somebody else's point of view, what was written down and called the Bible, maybe there's another point of view that paints it completely differently. Where it's like, no, man, those motherfuckers were terrible. Um, that, or it's just perspective because I think it paints it pretty clear that they're terrible. <laughs> they, they rain fire and brimstone and turn people into salt. Like they, these are fucking horrible beings. <laughs> these, are, these are horrible, horrible beings that just destroy things. And maybe that's what this movie's talking about. It'd be with the Catholicism um, symbolism in it. Maybe it's making that tie, right? Like the, the owner of the house, Frank, that did the summoning was clearly religious. Like, there was there was religious paraphernalia everywhere. So maybe, maybe wonder why of... a, a devout Catholic who has the Virgin Mary up around the house everywhere. Like that's a lot of iconography for someone to be dabbling in that stuff. So it makes you wonder like what the writers of this story actually intended. What's the background for this guy delving into that stuff? What did he actually find out? And like right. you said before, leaves it to interpretation. They never give you an answer in these films. They don't, man. It doesn't. You end up, you end this movie with so many fucking questions. And it really does make me want to watch at least two and see if it starts getting into it. Um, because I, I've, I've got questions, man. Like, how did this cube come into existence? Like, where'd it come from? Who made it? Like, who else has opened that portal? How long has it been going on? Like, why did, why did, was Frank pulled to it? Why did they tell him? Why did the dude that sold it say it's been yours the whole time? I mean, it's, it's really kind of crazy. Um, but in the end, they, they end up, um, let's see. <laughs> so my assumption is that oh. key's been open the entire time and that that portal's been open the entire time would that be well, correct is that how the blood managed to congeal and bring that guy back because the doorway was still there right and so the the cube is still in the house but it hasn't been closed again right and so the daughter gets involved where the daughter starts seeing um the stepmom taking the dudes in and she gets suspicious and like follows him in and then has an encounter with Frank and uh, she ends up going into the portal and talking to these these beings and tells them I can get you Frank and they're like what are you talking about they're like nobody escapes here and she's like he did but I can show you where he is if you like spare my life. Right. And so she gives them Frank and Frank gets pulled back in and then she closes the portal. She, she has the cube and she closes it. 
and that's the end of it. And you see Frank go off and get tortured. Um, and then somehow it, I forget what happens, but the little dude that was selling the shit in the beginning, it cuts back to him and he's got the cube selling it to somebody else. Mm. And that's basically closed credits. And you hear, um, you know, in that time, like the freaking, they, these creatures, they talk about being, you know, whatever, spiritual, whatever beings, and then that they have a different experience. It's crazy. It's definitely one to watch um, because there's a lot to dig into there, even though it's very, each scene is really simple. There's not a ton of shit to focus on. And so you're able to focus on what's going on in the scene instead of being distracted with stuff in the background. Um, but I think, I think the overall theme of the story is, you know, things aren't what they seem. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a, that's, <laughs> there's a lot of shit there for sure. I love it. I love it. Drew, have you I ever seen it? I, now, this is what's really confusing me, because I think I went into it like you did, because my memory of Hellraiser must have been number two and number three. I may not have actually seen number one, because from my memory, mm. it's, it resolves around the girl, so it must be the daughter from the first film kind of becomes the protagonist for the rest of the series, and it follows that bloodline, which is really interesting. Um, what would you give this as a film on its face, just entertainment purposes, out of five stars, what would you give it? Out of five stars? I'd give it a solid four. Yeah, I mean it was it's it was worth watching. I didn't get done with it and say, "Man, that sucked." Um, it was entertaining the whole time. I stayed awake. That's you know that that gets <laughs> you plus. at least three right there because I always watch movies when I'm tired. Um, it's at the end of the day that I do it, and I managed to stay awake. It was entertaining. The practical effects were freaking amazing. Um, Clive Barker is just you know he's a horror god so you know any clive barker movie is going to be good nice uh, and what about for the, the conspiracy side of things how many kennedys would you give it out of 10 <laughs> i'd give it probably four maybe five just because it's such a good movie um but it like i said it's older it's not just laced with shit it's all kind of subliminal you know, you have to read between the lines to really know what's all there. There's a lot of it, but it's not as in your face as stuff is now. Mm. Solid movie. Sounds like. Yeah. Better yeah, movie than conspiracy film in Bob's <laughs> mind, it sounds like, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. As a movie itself, it's way better. If you're trying to watch it to see some crazy wild symbolism in it, I mean, watch it, do that. You know, if if I missed anything huge and crazy, let me know. But, you know, it's Whoa. just not in your face. I was going to say, hear me out, guys. You know, this is your guys' show, but this is the October edition. Halloween's right around the corner, right? What do you rate it as a scary movie? Maybe five, ten skulls? I mean, what do we think about this? Oh, uh, I'd skulls? give it uh, out of out of five jack-o'-lanterns, I'd give it three skulls. Okay, so yeah. no jack-o'-lanterns out of five jack-o'-lanterns, but three skulls, huh? <laughs> right. So yeah. fucking weird rating system. All right, I got it. Uh, <laughs> no, man, that's great. It's so so it's you know middle. It's of the fucking road. cool, man. Like 
yeah, it's a good movie to watch this time of year just because it's creepy oh, yeah. and fucked up. That's what that's what if you're about. expecting a bunch of jump scares and stuff, you're not gonna get it. Right. Um it it's kind of slow but entertaining, you know, and it's just creepy as fuck. Right. I mean, right. Now, Hellraiser two, three, seventeen, those may be a lot scarier, but this one's pretty subtle. Fuck yeah. Nice Love man. It, yeah. And that it gives people an entire series to watch now as well. Because if they watch this, I dare say they're going to want to find the ants for the next 30 films. There's no <laughs> yeah. limit to these bugs coming out. Yeah, man. Uh, all right. Style. Well, I think mine in comparison, and I, I can't say this for sure because I'm waiting to hear about your breakdown, Ryan. I think mine might be higher on the conspiracy side of things than oh, it yeah. would be the horror side. Um, so my film for listeners was the 2013 found footage horror film inspired by H.P. Lovecraft, written and directed by Blair Erickson. It presents an intense psychological mind-bending reality questioning experience known as the Banshee chapter. And I'm just chucking in that link into the chat now so we can watch the trailer. Okay. Guys. Yeah, I was trying to pull it up right now. Yeah, did I'll find this right here. This is a phenomenal movie, man. I actually really, really enjoyed this one. Um, and I've seen it. I think I saw it back when it came out, man. It's, um, you know, it's, it's one of these ones where, I mean, as far as a conspiracy film goes, it's, it, it has a lot in there. Um, it's also, I think it's terrifying. Yeah. It's interesting that you don't think that it's too scary, Drew. Now, Bob, did you see the film? Uh, no, I haven't watched Banshee chapter. I think I watched the trailer. It's fucking scary, I think, like the concept is. But let's uh, let's watch the trailer here and give me a thumbs up if you guys can hear this. Obviously, no volume yet. Rated R. This little guy is 150 milligrams of specially enhanced dimethyltryptamine DMT. Where'd you get it? Some friends in Colorado. Thousands of government-sponsored experiments did take place. Aren't you worried about the dangers of taking it? If this little chemistry experiment goes sideways, I want you to finish my book and dedicate it to me. He took a military-grade chemical that no one seems to have any documentation of. Then his friend is also missing. I don't like this. It can see me. The United States was a sincere apology. great stuff i mean there's a laundry list of conspiracies that are in that film oh i love it and like you would have heard within that trailer you would have heard a certain ex-president's voice old bill mm-hmm. by Hillary's far the most bitch. scariest american president oh come here hillary yeah. that guy and there's there's a reason why that clip was used in this film it actually ties into a lot of real world historical fact when it comes to government operations and and experiments on the people but i'll start off with just a brief little synopsis that kind of gives you an idea of what the film's about if that trailer didn't help you out so banshee chapter follows the investigative journalist anna researching a missing friend james who ingested an undocumented research chemical uh, once tested on civilians by the cia mk ultra experiments 
The trail of evidence leads her into a disturbing world of black op chemical tests, unexplained radio transmissions, and disfigured entities in the blackness of night. Anna will do anything to uncover the lies behind her friend's disappearance, but to her horror, entities are coming after her. So it presents this whole idea of like the jump scare. This is very much the uh, the horror films of our generation, Ryan, where it's it's found footage or or Love um, them. just like you, you're seeing through the the characters' eyes, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Fantastic films, in my in my opinion. Favorite category, dude. Added, yeah, with the jump scares added to it, which is great. The film is very dark for the most part, so I found myself having to watch it at night with the lights turned off. <laughs> <laughs> my wife at the beginning was giggling and laughing at how silly it was until it got to a certain jump scan. She said, yeah, I'm going to go to bed now. So it does have its scary elements. It's scary, it. dude. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Um, I've got some did you knows about this film first to just wet our palate a little bit. Yeah. This film was originally shot in 3D. So I'd actually really love to see what that film is like in 3D. As I a, do not. As a film. I think that'd be good with the jump scares, especially those like, long tendril fingers of the creatures yeah the reason i don't want to see it to be clear drew is because that's i mean you said you thought that that animated movie that i was showing you guys after we did <laughs> metropia was scary a 3d version of this is like nightmare fuel yes straight up i mean there's these dmt entities and all these weird things no no i'll pass <laughs> that's terrifying um what what got me onto this film originally in the day is this is a modern take on the um the story from beyond by H.B. Lovecraft. So from beyond is this story about interdimensional beings and a scientist using radio signals to actually see things beyond the veil. And in essence, those things can actually see back. And it's this whole horror story of like man creating things that shouldn't have to. So that's what caught me onto this is I'm a huge H.B. Lovecraft fan. And this is like a modern reiteration of it. Um, but you think of a I version said, that they I have, have a, on- I was going to say real quick, what do you think of the version that they have on Netflix with all the black people on there? Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Netflix just does that. I mean, they're so well. They do, don't they? Uh, definitely. It's it's a different take, Ryan. I'll take that political answer there. It's a different take. <laughs> um, like I said, this film, is it bases itself around the real events of the MK Ultra experiments. So it ties heavily into that. Um, yep. Initially, Christopher Nolan, big name, was um, pegged to actually direct this. But instead, he started working on Interstellar instead. So wow, that was a long choice. time ago. Interstellar only came out like recently within the last like five, ten years. So thinking about how much work he put into that, imagine what this film could have been like with Christopher Nolan at the helm. Would have been epic. Um, yeah, man. It, it really is underrated. One of the interesting things that, like, Bob, you've got kids. I don't know if your children have played this. One of the same scares, those like little file scares that all the films seem to have. One of those jump scare sounds that you hear repeatedly through the film was actually from Five Nights at Freddy's, the game. Yeah, my son, <laughs> I don't know if he plays it, but he knows about it. He talks about it sometimes. He doesn't have it on anything here, that's for sure. <laughs> so they're re- just recycling sounds from games because the budget must have been a bit lower than they intended. Um, that footage that we heard of Bill Clinton in the first few minutes of the film isn't actually related as an apology for MK Ultra. Rather, it's the real life apology for the Tuskegee experiments. And you guys, as Americans and conspiracy theorists, will know what that is. But it's the syphilis experiments, and where it was a clinical study between 1932 and 72, in which public health service officials studied the natural progression of untreated syphilis amongst African American men in Alabama. What are you so, talking about? The government would never do that to its own people. 
Never. No, they love people. No. They're treating the syphilis. That's all they were doing. <laughs> These were military yeah, so- members, if I'm not mistaken, too. Like it was a uh, was Tuskegee Airmen, right? I mean, like, uh, am I am I off on that? Well, there were Tuskegee Airmen, but this was a different experiment. I think it was voluntary. What they did was they sold this this vaccine. It was sold as a vaccine. Yeah, free healthcare. Yeah, it was sold as free healthcare and a vaccine. In Alabama, all the African-American population that were willing to accept it took it. They were deliberately given syphilis, or men were anyway. Um, Yeah, it was to to, like cure sickle cell. Or some shit yep. like that. So okay. we're already seeing real life connections to government lies and harming the population just so they can see what would happen. Um, one of the characters in this story is called Thomas Blackburn, and he's a homage to Hunter S. Thompson. Um, just you see, it's the exact same character. He's got drug usage, political ties, a love of guns. He lives an outlaw lifestyle. Yeah. So he's a representation of Thompson's um, Duke persona. Like he's like the modern day cowboy. A good, a good representation of it too. By the way, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a H.P. Lovecraft inspired story that ties into the ideas of alternate dimensions and what's behind the veil that can see us but we can't see it. And through this film, instead of um, it being a radio transmission like the novel, it's done through like a DMT substance. So it's like opening up the mind to see things that it normally can't. There is that reference, though, to the, yes, the number stations. There right? are, yes. So ironically, the DMT that's used to open up the pineal gland and the mind to see these things, it's called DMT-19. So we see James, our guy, disappears. He takes DMT-19, bit on the nose, and we see his progression of it's almost like an, an escape into madness where his, films, uh, his friend's filming him and his reaction and to begin with, it's just like tripping balls type of reaction to most drugs until he starts to hear uh, like a radio station, like a number sequence being repeated and like almost like a creepy uh, ice cream van music right. playing. But it's not only he that can hear this. Like his, his cameraman didn't take the drug, but the cameraman can also hear it, which is quite quite questionable at the start. And it gets to the point where he says he can see things and they can see him. And then that delves into the idea that this person's gone missing. We see footage from the police station and the sheriffs that they're questioning the cameraman. Like, did you take these drugs? Did you kill your friend? Where is he? We can't find him. And then it alludes to that the cameraman himself also goes missing after the fact. And this is when our main character comes into the story. She's uh, an um, ex-film school friend of his. You assume that there's some kind of a romantic relationship in the past, but she's uh, now a reporter and she's actively trying to find her friend. Pretty so hot too. Anna. True. Yeah, she's pretty good looking. Not yeah, bad. Big Not fan. Not in the eyes. Yeah. So Anna Rowland <laughs> is her name. Um, and she's this person who's, who's looking for a friend. She's like a very, very great investigative journalist. And she starts off by going through the found footage, like the typical stuff I was just talking about. Yep. And she finds out that there's a connection between number stations. Now, these are things that actually exist in the world. Um, there's a few connected in um, signals coming out of Russia that have a very similar sequence. It repeats multiple numbers multiple times in a loop. And it can be found at certain signals, then it disappears, can be found again. These number stations exist all over the world. It's a bit of like a, a rabbit hole for ham radio operators. They tap into these, and for years they've been trying to figure out what these numbers mean. Is it a sequence for a, a, a physical location, like coordinates, or is it something else? Often in conspiracy 
people have unknown feelings or they just feel uneasy when hearing these numbers in uh in their real life encounters with these number stations that's a an interesting right. point interesting. To say they tied into um adrenochrome all of this stuff we find out through the found footage of the military bases that this dmt19 is actually extracted from the from adrenochrome from the adrenal glands of dead people so they're harnessing it from people's adrenochrome pineal glands and then injecting it into people it's almost like that third eye has like the special juice that helps people see these entities from other parts of the world and they're presenting it as that was the whole idea for the mk ultra experiments it wasn't so much about um, brainwashing and mind control as it was trying to peer through that veil so this is a, a movie that's a lot about freedom and mind expansion and our hunter s thompson quote type character he makes a quote later on the film that the government always fucks things up. Um, he says that the government takes something that's beautiful and amazing and they weaponize it and make it dark. So the whole idea, you see mysticism in the East, like in Hinduism, is that the third eye is the, the eye that opens up and expands your mind to that next dimension, that next reality. Unfortunately, in this film, by weaponizing it, using it the way they did, they're opening up to a darker dimension. So it kind of ties into what the themes of Bob's film were about but more through the lens of um, psychotropic drugs than it is some kind of an artifact or a relic. Right. Um, the the liquid is blue in the trailer. It I is, saw it's and it, blue. It is blue, yes. It is blue um, again. Isn't, like, the, the first night vision goggles were made out of, I forget what it's called, um, blue phosphorus or i uh, know it's white phosphorus now yeah now but it was originally this blue liquid that they would put between two pieces of glass and that's when uh they have stories of helicopter gunners like right. seeing different entities flying around saying like they're yeah. everywhere and it, so was, it was a, a blue, blue li- liquid it was a blue liquid, but ironically, it was red night vision. It was blue. The liquid was blue. It gave a red vision. And supposedly there was um, chopper pilots and gunners in Vietnam that were like wildly firing in the sky at entities or demons flying towards their choppers. Yeah, to the you point know, where it's... they had to take them all back and, and, and change the color spectrum to change. Dream. Yep. It could have had something to do with the amount of LSD going around back then and also just young kids just for the first time having free reign to just empty clips and empty drums and do whatever they want. It could have had, right? Like just to play the devil's advocate, but right. what a wild it happened fucking story. Like multiple times and they were shooting where they were hitting other helicopters. Right. right. Like that was, that's when it like got sketchy is it was happening consistently and they were actually getting friendly fire. Yeah. No, it's definitely a wild thing. Um, and I love the idea. I, I hope that they were seeing some something in the other realms. I think they were. But my more skeptical side says that they were just tweaking out. I've seen some crazy shit, so. Well, Vietnam was always rock and roll, beer, marijuana, and just shooting yellow people, wasn't well, it? Hair the yeah. you get. <laughs> it's yeah. a, like they, a, a large percentage of them came back. It's something like 80% of soldiers in Vietnam did heroin. And like as many as fifty percent got addicted to it. Yeah. Well, you have to question: Is that was that an operation in itself to bring the drug market into the U.S.? Fuck yes. Send your soldiers over there, get them hooked. They come back to 
of course, has a demand for the product, right? No, I don't think it started out that way. Uh, that, you know, uh, not to movie, stick up that, for our I shitty mean, that, government, but that, uh, it couldn't have started out that way. That's so that whole war happy coincidence for them. Yeah, that That's, they lied to get us into that war, so there was nefarious intent from the get go. So who knows? I mean, it could government never does anything for one reason, so that could have just been a part of a multi-part thing. Probably happened organically, but they took advantage of it at the same time, right? Exactly. Never let a good crisis go to waste. These dudes need help. You know what I mean? Like they're going through some shit that they don't believe in. Send them drugs. You know what I mean? I I don't, I, I I give it like literally a 5% or less chance that that was the intention of that war. Cause that's, I mean, that's such a sole intention for sure. Yeah. So I don't know, man, but yeah, that is a wild fucking little consequence of it. Right. Yeah. So we jump back to our character. Um, she's heavy on the trail of finding out where her friend has gone missing. She's seen the military footage that's been archived. She's seen um, the number station. She spoke to a ham radio operator. She hasn't taken this DMT-19 herself at this point. She's only heard the, the number station. She's heard the sequence. That in itself, I think, is a trigger for opening up the pineal gland. Because she starts to see entities in the middle of the desert. We have a few jump scares. And it gets to the point where she goes to our Hunter S. Thompson gentleman, Thomas Blackburn. Because he's the man that um, her friend sourced the drug from. So she kind of sets him up pretending that she's a fan of his novels and whatnot. And wants to go party at his house. They're having a few drinks. And he gets the DMT-19 out with um, his drug maker. And the drug maker, she pours them all a drink and... He takes a shot of it and she pretends to then tips it into the basket next to him when he's not looking. He comes over and gives her a chase of whiskey and he goes to proceed, you know, I really don't like liars. And she says, oh, what, are you, what are you talking about? You're not here to talk about my book, are you? You're a liar. And he goes, oh, I don't know what you mean. The drug wasn't in that shot. And she goes, oh, thank God. It was in the whiskey chaser I gave you. And she starts freaking out like she's had this DMT drug that her friend went missing over that people have died because of. And it's this kind of like a drug trip isolated in this guy's house where we first see the drug maker, the woman that's with them. She starts to go off the rails first. She's starting to speak about (laughs) entities outside the house and seeing them. And she says a few concerning things like it wants to wear us and it wants to wear you. What are you talking about? I hate how cool she was acting the whole time too. She's like, fear's only what you make it. Like, she's like being all crazy. <laughs> and then she's the one that freaks out. And yes, there was something, files. too, that happened before that where, you know, she, the the main character, Anna, right, is her name. That she is. is talking with one of her friends and they're talking about this writer. And, and there's this idea of friends in Colorado is like, friends are always giving you this drug. Why is it always friends that are giving you things that will kill you? You know, and I thought that that was something that just really it was something that stuck with me when I first watched it, you know, back in 2013 or 14. And I was like, yeah, man, like a lot of people are just trying to genuinely have fun and horrible, horrible shit happens every once in a while. Not always and not even half the time. But sometimes people are just like, hey, man, here's a fucking shot or here's your first beer or here's a joint or here's a pill or something. And then something awful happens, man. And I'm not against any kind of drugs or people experimenting, but that was something where I was like, damn. Yeah, sometimes it's the ones that like care about you and love you that fuck you over without even trying to. 
yeah, friends killing you with kindness. Hey, you want to try this? And then, you know, you end up in a three-part car, car pile-up or something. Yeah. The unintended consequences of uh, people's choices sometimes, which yeah, are complete flukes and they just happen. Yeah. So, like you said, this woman who was super cool about it, really didn't care. She was very blasé. She's the person who starts to break first. Her mind starts to fracture. She says this entity's watching her. And she Anna's like, there's no one here. What are you talking about? Oh, it's at the door now. And then we hear a banging at the door. So Anna goes down. She looks out the window. There's nothing there. Stereotypical jump scare. She turns away, looks back, and there's this entity's face. She freaks out. They all run up into the top of the house. Um, our Hunter S. Thompson-esque character is like, what are you talking about? There's no one here. You, you, you're having hallucinations. There's nothing happening. And then we hear banging at the door. And he looks down the stairwell and there's an entity walking up the stairs and he freaks out, closes the door. At that moment, we hear the music again and then the lights shut out and we hear screaming. And then they, she turns her phone on, gets the light up, turns, sees that woman who was tripping and her eyes and her mouth are pouring out blood and she's pale white. At that moment, it goes black, cuts out, wakes up to a room with that woman has disappeared, everything's messed up and destroyed, and both of them are unconscious and now waking up. So now we've got this Hunter S. Thompson character kind of thrown into the fray, helping this woman on her journey, trying to find out what happened. So they follow the CIA documents. They go to um, Chamber 5, which is the place the experiments originally took place. They find out that's where the signal is coming from. And their plan is... We go in, we burn down the transmitter and we stop this from happening again. They go inside, they find out that the transmitter is actually not a compute linked up to a computer, it's linked up to an entity itself. There's an entity sitting in this like biometric chamber filled with liquid and there's wires going into it. So this is when our main character realises there's something off with our Hunter S. Thompson character. He's not quite right he's got connections to all this that he really shouldn't have like how did he get the the schematics for making this chemical how did he have those connections turns out later on that he's one of the original um victims of the mk ultra program one of the people who gets attacked by entities in the government building and is tested on initially with this drug so we go through this whole big turmoil of entities chasing our anna character around our hunter s thompson character who at this point is very tapped into the signal. His eyes are bleeding, his ears are bleeding. He knows at any moment his body's going to be taken over one of these creatures, so he chooses to go out in his own terms. Takes a revolver, blows his head off. Anna freaks out, grabs the petrol can, sets fire to not only the transmitter, but an entity that attacks her, which we find out later the entity that's walking around is the remains of her lost friend that has his clothes on, it was using him like a suit. The whole idea of this movie is that it's opening up the mind as like an antenna or a beacon. So whether that's through the DMT itself or the frequency sound, we find out that the frequency sound itself wasn't created by the government. It was given to the government. So these entities that they were communicating through with the subjects, they relayed not only the chemical compound breakdown, but the signal itself. So these entities in this other realm want a way of getting into ours, and they kind of gave the the government the ability to open the door and the, without realising it. So the pineal gland becomes an antenna the, through drugs and through the signal. Any person who's ever heard the signal, their pineal gland gets opened. And we find this to be true because our Hunter S. Thompson character kind of tells Anna at the end, you know what, I didn't actually give you any drugs. 
Uh, I was giving you shit. I wanted you to like pay for lying to me. I didn't give you anything. And we find her at the very end. She solved the case. Her friend's dead. She's blown it all up. And her her manager at the newspaper she works at is saying, don't worry, we'll, just, we'll, we'll talk to the police. We'll get this sorted out. Everything will be fine. And she starts to hear the music again. And she's like, what is that? I've got to get out of here. I need help. She starts banging on the door. She turns around and her boss is now like this horrible looking creature screaming at her in another typical jump scare. The jump scares are not corny though. They're good. They're really, really, I think they're really well done, dude. They are. The first first couple, which happened during the day, this is the point where my wife was giggling and laughing like this is a really silly movie. Yeah. As soon as it got dark and the first mage one happened, she bolted. She was out of the lounge room so fast. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, they're they're really well done, dude. It's freaky. It and and the concept, you know, I don't know how much your wife is into like the things that you talk about on a, on your show and like the things that Bob and I and all of us talk about on all of our shows. But if you're any kind of a conspiracy theorist, I'm not even saying halfway. If you're thirty percent of a conspiracy theorist, this stuff is scary because they're talking about MK Ultra, they're talking about government and military collusion, right? They're talking about all kinds of different, like uh, the medical industrial complex is in there too, not just the military industrial complex. Like it's a, it's a scary thing. If you're even partially skeptical of like the shit that's going on out there, that's perpetuated by the powers that be like, that's, that's what it is. And if you're, if you're even at all inclined to believe any of this stuff is real, it's a scary concept, man. It is. And yet again, the word magic appears on this one. It was a stretch on one of the characters, but it actually works. So Anna Rowland means um, favoured and beautiful throughout this film. She's, like you said, Ryan, she's an attractive woman. Yeah. And she's favoured in okay. her interactions. She managed to survive all the interactions. James Hirsch, her friend who disappears, that breaks down into supplanter or replacer. He's actively replaced by one of the entities in this film. And then we sure. get to Thomas Blackburn, who's our Hunter S. Thompson-esque character. His name is, in Aramaic, means twin. And we see that in a way he is a twin of his old self. So in the past he was a victim of MK Ultra, and now he's a person who's actively engaging it, not realizing he was a victim in the past. Or so he's, he's like, like a yin yang of his old yeah, self. A, Instead yeah, of being the, the one that's taking the experiment, he's giving it out to other people. Yeah, it's the duality. He starts off as a victim, right. and then he's a person who um, keeps it going without realizing it. Now, before you move on, Drew, the second guy, the the one that was. What was that? The second one, the not James at- Hirsch. Yeah. What did that break down to? That is supplanter or replacer in Yiddish. James Hirsch, like numerologically, or what is like? How does that break down to that? I'm curious. So James in Yiddish means supplanter or replacer, depending on the um the the etymology of it. And his last name Hirsch is German for deer. But going off his first name in Yiddish, that he's a supplanter or a replacer, just lines up with that his his body was physically replaced with another entity. Okay, yeah, it's interesting, man. Okay, yeah, I was just curious as to how you got there with that, but yeah, Yiddish is is nice. You know, Elvish. There was this great joke, dude. <laughs> great joke from uh, from American Dad, where they were trying to track down someone. And he was like, "Oh, he's writing Yiddish," and or no, he's writing Elvish, is what the guy said. And and this dad that didn't know what it was thought that Elvish was the Yiddish Elvis. <laughs> and it's the best, dude. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to call him Elvish. 
And I just thought it was fucking hilarious, dude. I was stoned when I saw it. So I was just dying laughing that there are just like, there's these Yiddish people out there calling Elvis Elvish, but good stuff. Yeah. Man, Phenomenal was, movie. Um, man. Great movie. Absolutely amazing. Um, I, I chose this as well because I think it's one that flies under people's radars. They don't see it. A lot of people don't. Yeah. It's a very split community in the horror franchise. People either love found footage or they absolutely despise them right i think this is great i grew up with this one it hits a lot of those um themes of conspiracy and what governments really do to their people without really taking into account um what they care about their people like there's no there's no uh, well-being or intention to do right by their people like they're they're making these horrible choices out there and it's historically proven at this point yeah man yeah, absolutely. What do you give this? I'll ask you since you asked Bob. What do you give this? You know, five. What are we doing? Five uh, stars for a yep, uh, average movie. For an average movie, I'd probably give this a four point five. Yeah. Okay. I, there's something that's just lacking a little bit. Possibly, I think this could movie could have been down a lot better. And knowing that. Um, a certain director was attached that would have done much better. On Nolan, this. I think right? Nolan, Nolan would have done, would have knocked it out of the park. It had all the base elements to be a huge movie, but unfortunately that didn't happen. So four and a half stars. <laughs> the found footage movies are hard. Like I they, they, are hard they have to, to be done right. Or they kind of give you a headache and it's. Oh no, man. Like, I, I, I Blair come Witch every time Project, I watch one of these things. Blair Witch Project. I, maybe it's just my first bad experience was, that stupid ass movie Blair Witch um, Project's really bad man but then there's also other ones really there's bad. like um there's the one that was made that, in like the 80s where they like fucking split open a turtle Drew help me out with the name do you remember that oh I can't remember it Cannibal but Holocaust this, yes that's it dude it's a terrifying I mean it's a horrifying movie and like supposedly the they actually, actually did this to a cannibalism what's that so the director actively got investigated for cannibalism because it was so realistic that film. Yeah, and it's all Holy fake. Shit, really? But but they they made they did this so well, and I, if I'm not mistaken, it was back in the 80s or the early 90s or something like that, and it, it was terrifying. Like they're doing shit like they're splitting open like these endangered turtles and stuff, and like they're doing horrible things to animals. And it's like supposedly those were real. And it's one of those movies where I don't recommend anyone watches it. To be honest, it's it's terrifying and it's it's disturbing and i don't get really kind of disturbed by much but that is a genuinely disturbing movie and uh yeah no one watched that shit but um yeah man there's some good horror movies uh that are that are filmed in that manner where it's like real shit i don't know if you guys have seen the vhs series but those are great too right yeah Yeah, Um, so blair witch project bob you're right that kind of set the tone for the mainstream idea that lost found footage could be done but it's not the best example. Everything goes up right. from there, in my opinion. Even Paranormal yeah, like, Activity is not that good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's another one where I was like, I tried to watch it, and I was just like, eh. Buddy, I got some. You know what? I'd love to do a found footage episode after this where we just do, like, 10 fucking found footage ones. I got so many found footage movies that you guys would fucking love, dude. And Drew yeah. might have seen some of them because I know that you're you're a big film buff. Bob, I know you're kind of into like these older ones, but dude, I got some good found footage movies that you'd love, dude. And they're right. not always horror either, which is great. Yeah. I, have you seen things. Frankenstein's Army before we move on? 
Yep. Yeah. Have Have you seen that one, Bob? No. I don't know what you think of that, Drew, but to me, that's like something that is just, it's an incredible concept. Like Nazis creating these fucking weird robot crazy things. And it's wild. So yeah, there's a lot, but back to the rating system. Okay. We did the, we did the stars. How many skulls? Uh, So so the Jack O'Lantern slash skulls. If it's a a Halloween horror film. Uh, I give it maybe a a two point five. Okay, I don't Not think it's scary. as scary as it can be. I don't think the jump scares scare me as much as like animated puppet creatures. What about the concept? The concept of the horror, I think, is probably a little bit higher. I'd probably ra- round it out to a three. I'd say it's a three in the horror spectrum if it's out of five. Um, Kennedy Kennedy score Kennedy score out of ten for conspiracy. I think it's pretty it's pretty up there. It'd be an eight or an eight point five, just because it ties into a lot of real shit, and that's probably the scariest part of it. Like him, like him. I dig it. Yeah, great movies. Two good movies. I might have to check that one out. I, it gets mentioned a lot, so I'm, it's got to be on the list. It's worth it. Do either one of you guys need to take a break before we get into mine? I'm good. We're good. Yeah. All right. I'm going to bring up this fucking trailer then. All right. We're going to get into some shit. You guys seen Resurrected? Have you guys seen this one? I haven't watched it yet. I deliberately held off because I wanted to see what your breakdown would be before I jumped into it. Even though there'd be elements of spoilers, I wanted to see what you could do with it before I watch it. Okay. Well, yeah. So let's get into it. Here's the trailer. Uh, Go ahead and uh, give me a thumbs up or a nod or whatever you prefer to do. When we get into it here, but uh, just let me know if you can uh, hear this here. Resurrected made back in, uh, I mean, this year, earlier this year, it came out in 2023, and it's just, uh, it's a great movie. It's my new favorite movie lately, so here we go. Hello, my love. Hey, babe, how was the game? Mickey hit two singles and a double. I would have got a triple, but only if I didn't triple the second base. That's why I keep telling you to round your corners. Why isn't Mickey in the back in his car seat? Because he's a big boy. He's not a little baby anymore. He gets to ride up front with his old man. I am here to offer you a miracle. The churches claim to have achieved the impossible. They have discovered how to resurrect the recently deceased. We're not offering immortality. We're offering a second chance. Years ago, I hurt someone. They couldn't forgive me. I couldn't forgive myself, even after I became a priest. I was thinking I could ask Mom to invite you. You know what, buddy? Don't bother her. If she wants to invite me, she will. We're trying to move the church into the 21st century. The church is hiring ex-hackers to look for my sins. They put you in charge of judging people's souls. Crazy, right? The one-lifers say bringing humans back to life, it's devaluing being alive. There's been an incident. One of the construction workers just started pushing his co-workers off the edge. 17 people fell to their death. This man was someone from your flock. You were his counselor, Stan. I'm with the Resurrected Persons Unit of the Bureau. Am I under internal investigation? Of course not. Is the church trying to cover something up? What are you doing here? You stay away from my family. Please, just tell me what's going on. There's something there. I'll find it. You hacked into the FBI. They're hacking you. Make them stop. They're coming to silence me. Father, who is trying to silence you? They're here. What's 
see what we've seen. They'll be grateful. You'll all thank us. I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. That's the point of a miracle, isn't it? You've got to have faith. looks like a banger i mean it's one of those it's one of the newer trailers where you know people would say like oh man i feel like i saw the whole movie in that trailer right it's not this is such a deep movie and there's a lot to it as you can see in the beginning of it you've got this uh mom that is real proud kind of like one of those these these uh keeping up with the joneses types right where she's out there making a christmas letter and she's getting ready to send it out to all of her family, talking about all the accomplishments of the son, the the dad whose name's Stan, and then herself. Just everything great that they did that year. Calls the dad on the way home from the kids' baseball game. They stopped. They got some lunch. Dad had a few drinks because his kid had a good game. Driving home, they get in a car accident. It was not the dad's fault. But the entire time, there's this really subtle implication that alcohol has everything to do with these conspiracy theorists and these people that are seeing patterns in everything. And that's why I thought it was so interesting because my my girlfriend was, you know, sitting here when we're watching this together. She doesn't drink at all. I drink a little bit. okay. And so uh, when when like we're sitting here and we're talking about this, I'm like. Right away, they're trying to make it seem like alcohol is the hugest problem that anyone can have if they're sitting here and and they're drinking. And you actually see at the movie, at the end of the movie, that it's it's establishment is what it seems like. And it seems like this whole entire movie is attacking Christianity. And it's doing that by way of attacking the Vatican, which I agree, attack the Vatican all fucking day. But Christianity is separate from the Vatican, in my opinion. I don't identify 100% with Christianity follow jesus personally when i end my prayers at night and in the morning i say in jesus name that's my business that's the way i do it but fuck the vatican dude i'm i'm like dude i I don't give a fuck about the vatican the pope any of these cardinals any of that stuff um so basically what happens is is after this car accident goes down super sad you see the whole thing the kid dies um the dad gets fucked up in the car accident he's drunk so his body's a little more loose um ends up in the hospital they're talking the the mom and dad of this dead kid are talking and he wants her to come see him in the hospital she won't do it they hang up it's real nasty kind of you know shitty conversation and the priest is calling her their local priest is calling her she thinks it's him again she says i told you quit fucking calling me and it's the priest right there and she's like oh shit i'm sorry father like i didn't mean uh you know talk to you like that blah 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 and they in their words say well you know i'm calling you with good news we're gonna offer you a miracle here we want to bring back your son he's going to be the first ever resurrected individual right this has some kind of tones of like the antichrist Right. Because this isn't this isn't done through like any kind of divine methods. This is done through science. Right. It's this is humans doing this shit. And they've been trying to work the methods. They've tried to resurrect people in the past. It hasn't worked. 
They feel like they finally have it down. They test it out on this kid and it works. This kid comes back and it's very interesting because the dad who was sinning, he was drinking, he was driving, he was, you know, doing all this horrible stuff is what they make it seem like. He ends up becoming a pastor and he leads a digital church in the, in the near future here where he's got thousands of people all around the world sitting there with VR goggles on and they're sitting in his church. And that's how he's, you know, doing his sermon. And it, it, it's a wild thing. And there's all kinds of montages in the beginning. You see this one where they're talking about like, you know, if, if we're going to resurrect people from the dead, what's the point of life? Why, why are we like, you know, life has no value if you can just die and then come back. There's people that are skydiving without parachutes and shit. There's people doing just crazy shit just to die. And then they're filming themselves and they say, I accept Jesus Christ. And then they fucking die. And then they get brought back. People are trafficking bodies from the Muslim and the the Islam world. They're trafficking them in saying like, hey, you know, we we grew up as, you know, Muslims. We, We follow the Islamic faith, but we're converting to Catholicism so that he can be brought back. So basically the Catholic Church is running a monopoly on bringing people back from the dead and resurrecting people, saving people. So, so far, I want to see what you guys think about that. Man, that's crazy shit. Like, I've, you know, the Catholic Church also created the Big Bang Theory, right? And so maybe this is a nod to that, how, you know, it dabbled in science with that. And so now it's it's in dabbling in science and basically selling it as a as a spiritual thing when it's scientific. Um, so maybe it's it's nodding to the fact that the Catholic Church has done this before. Well, they do it with their their giant telescopes to look into space. Lucy, Lucifer, okay, Lucifer. Yeah. Hey, shout yeah, out! That's but... in uh, fucking Arizona. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. They've, they've been dabbling in a lot of things that you wouldn't consider mainstream christian doctrine i think that's the major um bugaboo when people talk about catholicism because catholicism does it very differently some of their um, commandments are slightly different from mainstream christianity and then you see it as a larger broader entity engaging in this what you would consider scientism i can see why this film's got this this backing for it because we see elements of that today so it's quite interesting yeah man it's uh it's really well done. It's a found footage film like we were talking about, but it's done like the way that, that we're talking here. It's done through computers. It's done through security cameras. And like 80% of the film is done like just the way that we're talking right now. Like you see this, this, like, let's say I would be, you know, here talking with you guys, like Bob would be like a Cardinal at the Vatican and drew, you would be the dude my my priest then i'm i'm working for you drew and drew you're working for bob and we're just talking here and you see these ways that they're talking you saw in the beginning he's filming himself on his phone it's all done through computer cameras phone cameras security cameras everything's like linked to a grid there's no like like first person or third person filming it's just straight up you know virtual which is fucking good man there's a couple movies out there like that that are awesome and I just think it's kind of a new, unique way to kind of do these movies. But 
with this incorporating like the religious stuff and something that comes up um, after they do the the first, you know, big montage of the movie. And I love a, a good montage in a movie. I mean, you gotta, you gotta have good montages in a movie and they, they show the um, not only the kid, you know, coming back from the dead and he's going like on, on his Greta Thunberg type tour where he's, he's perpetuated as this character that is like the savior you know he's a dumb kid but for whatever reason he he is literally the antichrist he's the first kid brought back like this and you see this at the end um but he's leading this movement of like yeah everybody needs to create to to convert to christianity and, and specifically catholicism and all this stuff and you start seeing this idea that people have to give up their digital rights people have to be able to give if they want to convert to proper Catholicism and to be saved and to be resurrected and brought back to life. They have to give all their digital footprint up to not the U S government, not to anyone else, to the Vatican. The Vatican has rights to your digital footprint. They see any kind of website that you traffic. They see your interests. They see everything. And they hire these ex hackers that are called cherubs, right? Like the baby angels, right? Cherubs. And these, these ex hackers, basically determine if you're even like ready to be resurrected, if the church would even approve of you. So you kind of have to impress these cherubs who are essentially the way that the movie breaks them down is like ex convicts, like people that are just like breaking into shit and hacking stuff. They're the ones that have the rights over people's souls. Cause it's a digital world that we're living in now. So I've got so many questions now, Ryan, like when you're talking about how they take your digital identity my natural question after hearing this is, are they actively bringing back the souls or bringing back those original people? Or is the Vatican through the farming of people's digital IDs, putting enough information and putting an AI version of the person back into their body that's been resurrected? Well, I mean, let's zoom forward then uh, towards the end of the film, and then we can kind of backtrack a little bit. I mean, obviously, the, you know, there's spoilers here throughout the this entire thing. But yeah, man... It, Every single person that gets resurrected, there's an FBI unit that's called the RP unit, the resurrected persons unit, and they handle everyone that's been resurrected. And every single person that's been resurrected, the older they are, the quicker they go crazy. So that's why this young kid who was literally like a fucking eight year old, he's kind of like the Antichrist because he goes crazy way later at the end of the film. Literally, it's how the film ends is this kid going crazy. And, um, yeah, man, it, it seems like when you go to that other side and then you come back, A, it's not natural. That's never supposed to happen, really, right? Like, that's why it's crazy that they call near-death experiences near-death experiences. It should be full-death experiences. Like, you know, I've almost died several times, but I've never had a near-death experience. So, you know, the the fact that you come back from this, these these people are absolutely insane man and that's what they show in the trailer there's there's one particular guy who the father of the antichrist in this movie um he gives his whole life over to the church right like i said he's running virtual sermons and all this stuff he um also in his spare time because he's an alcoholic they tell you and literally the dude's just having like a couple drink i drink more than this dude so that's why it's it, they really do paint a picture of like alcohol is the big problem 
And even if you can just look at it objectively, it's not the problem of this film. The problem is the establishment. And I think that it's kind of like one of those things that they throw in there. If I'm not mistaken, it's created by a Jesuit company that that created the film. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just the, the the whole way that they create the 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 dynamic of lean into God, but also Christianity is the problem. Catholicism is the problem. The two people that commit crimes when he is in his extracurricular activity helping people that have been resurrected. He's like a counselor to resurrect the people. Uh, the big one is Frank and then Chris are their two names. And this is where I did a little bit of my Drew work where I looked into the names, what they mean. Frank in German is freedom or free, right? So this dude named Frank talks with Stan, the pastor, the main character, essentially. And once Stan gets Frank his job back after he's been resurrected at this construction site, he's the one that goes and kills all these people. He kills 17 of his coworkers and he's setting all these people free. He's letting them see that other side. That's what I think that is. Now, Chris, this other dude, his name is Chris Silva. You see it in the zoom call that he's having. Chris is sitting there and he's talking to the, the, the Stan character, the main character which Stan, again, is like a normal, average, everyday dude. Like, it's just a regular Stan, right? So Stan is sitting there, and he's, like, um, talking with, with Chris, and Chris is saying, have you ever died, Father? Have you ever been to the other side? He's like, no, I haven't. And Chris says, it's fucking beautiful. It's like nothing you can ever see. I want everyone to experience that. And later on, Chris, who Chris means you have Christ in you. That's what Chris means. He lets his entire family see the other side. He kills his entire fucking family live on a Zoom call, right? So it's like you you see this like this weird stuff, and it's all anti-Christian throughout the entire film. But um, yeah, man. Again, I I kind of want to see what you guys think so far, um, of of like what I've broken down. But it's all anti-Christian. What I, I can't wait to watch to, it. <laughs> what I instantly went to with the talk of um like freeing people and allowing them to see heaven. But a lot of people don't know that um, suicide actually wasn't a sin in the early um, Christian faith. They actually had to amend that within um, scriptural doctrine because there was a group of people out there who were deliberately putting themselves in situations in which they would get killed so that they could go to a better afterlife. The whole idea that they sold to pagans was that, you know, this life is shit. The real world is terrible. But when you die, if you're a good Christian, you go to a wonderful place where you're loved and taken care of. So these poor people thought the only option to have a good experience was to die and go to heaven. So they deliberately put themselves in situations where they'll get killed. Those people were called the thuggy. They were like a branch of the Indian um, population. And that's where the word thug is derived from because they go around, beat people up and antagonize them until they were murdered mm. or as a means to get to heaven. So it's sounding like that there's people who have died in this film that want people to experience what they experience, but they're taking it into their own hands. Awesome. I can't wait to see it. It's an incredible movie, man. And, and uh, you know, one of the things too, the dad is talking with his son who he hasn't really been able to see too much since he killed him, right? It was an accident, but... The mom's blaming him for killing him. Um, his name's Nicholas. They call him Saint Nick, you know, which is interesting because he is the first resurrected person and all this stuff. 
And he says, well, hey, we might be able to hang, be able to hang out on Easter. Uh, Mom says that, you know, you might be able to hang out with us on Easter, resurrection, all this stuff comes to fruition. There's a little foreshadowing there. And, you know, this dad, he goes through this whole process of, of kind of having to live a double life. He wants to drink. He wants to do all this stuff and he wants to sin. And he ends up trafficking a site where the sheriffs, these hackers can't really access supposedly. And the the catchphrase of this website is sin in peace. It's where you can sin without the Vatican, like seeing you Vatican's the new big brother. They have all your digital footprint, all this stuff. Sin in peace. Take a guess at what this website is called, where you can sin in peace. You can just kind of run debauchery. You can chat with whores. You can take pictures of naked girls, all this stuff. Debauchery, what would it be called? Anything. Pleasure Island. That's a, that'd be better. That's actually Anything? a good one. I thought the same thing. Epstein's Island. Gamora is the oh, website. Of course. Gamora is the website the where you can sin in peace. It. And it's fucking, I mean, it's just so well done, man. Uh, he goes on, he talks with a girl um, that that is like ready to talk dirty and like show him, you know, whatever he wants to see. And he's just like, I just want to hear about your day. Like I'm sitting here and I'm doing shit for the church that I don't believe in at all. I want to hear about your day. And this prostitute who's very attractive is sitting there and, and just like, you want me to talk about my fucking asshole? Like all this stuff. And he's like, no, just tell me about your day. And she's like, okay, like I did all this stuff. I told, I, I took my son to school, uh, my husband, blah, blah, blah. And, he, you know, it, he ends up realizing that these people like her, that the Vatican refers to as one lifers, the conspiracy theorists, the flat earthers of the world, the people that just don't believe in the system. They believe in their own version of it. They're not doing anything fucking wrong. They're just like, yeah, no, I think I have my one chance to live my life. And if I die, then I die. Or when I die, I mean, obviously everyone dies, but it, when I die, that's it. I don't want to come back. So that's why I sin. And the the pastor, the the main character, the Stan guy, that's the the father of the Antichrist character, is just like, that is fucking beautiful. Like, we're sitting here, we're trying to live forever as Catholics, but that's beautiful to just sin and live your life and do whatever the fuck you want. And when it's done, it's done. You know what I mean? You go on to the next realm, you go on to whatever's next after this, and you're not concerned about being here forever. And I thought that was a really interesting point. It's fairly early in the movie. But um, yeah, man, it's like the the kind of the scum of the earth are the ones that right now... Uh, in our modern time in 2023 have like the best handle on what's going on. You get one shot when you die, you die. Yeah. Maybe the medical system can bring you back, but that's not the norm. And uh, there's obviously no political implications or religious implications to being revived right now, but that's what the Catholic church does in the future, apparently. And this is in 2030 is when this movie takes place. So hmm, it's yeah. uh, How yeah. ironic. Yeah, it's a it's a wild movie, man. It's really well done. Um, I recommend anybody see it. A lot of people say that the ending sucks, but I I completely disagree. I think it's the only way to end a movie like that, um, the way that it ends. So I won't give it away. But yeah, I mean, it's not a happy ending by any means. It's essentially like the apocalypse starts. But 
yeah, man, it's it's fucking really well done. It actually reminds me a lot of Alter Carbon, Bob. You know, in Alter Carbon, how mm. there's the humans that refuse to put themselves in new sleeves. They're like a, a, a one-lifer type of people and they don't want to be put into new skins. That sounds a lot like elements of that as well. Yep. Yeah, they put little stuff like that all over the place. You know, the ones that don't want to be part of the system. Yeah, I think also I'm one reminded of those people, me, Also reminded me... Um, Ryan, you've, you've spoken about on your show how there's this digital second world of everyone. Like, all the data on us is getting collected right. and there's an artificial avatar of us on some kind of system somewhere so that, like, governments or corporations can predict what we're going to do. It sounds very similar, but in this case, it's the Vatican which is doing it. Yeah, and I, I, don't, think that, I don't think that the Vatican is that much of a stretch from Amazon or, you know, the CIA... Right. I mean, all these fucking companies work together, man. So, yeah, in this case, it's really easy to demonize Christianity. And people think of Christianity as Catholicism. I do not. Uh, anyone that really kind of knows what's up with that knows that Catholicism is very different than, like, non-denominational Christianity, which is what I subject myself to mostly. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's... Uh, it's easy. It, it, it's safer to bash on Christianity than it is to bash on Democrat or Republican. It's easier to bash on Christianity than it is to bash on the rich or the poor. Um, it's the easiest thing to bash. So um, I think that that's one of the reasons that I like this movie so much is because it does it in such a sneaky way to where even I was like, damn, dude, yeah, Christianity's kind of fucked up. And then I had to kind of sit there and think, well, it really is Catholicism, and then inside of Catholicism, it's the highest levels of Catholicism, the Vatican Church. Christianity is fucked up, too, but everything's fucked up, man. It just depends on like what level of all this stuff you're going to. The highest levels of Christianity are fucked up. The well, middle... It's, it's organized religion. because Everything is fucked up. Anything that has power is going to be corrupted. So Dude, the Freemasons... Know. The highest levels of Freemasons are fucked up. The average everyday Freemason that you meet's a normal fucking dude. You know what I mean? Same thing with musicians. Are we going to sit here and just because Doja Cat and Travis Scott and all these people are doing horrible things that the average dude that's trying to fucking rap is a piece of shit? Like, that's not true. Every Everything that's structured at the top of it, the, the 1%, the 0.5, the 0.1%, those people are the bad people at the top of everything. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. So Even the highest echelons of Chuck E. Cheese are fucked up. Absolutely. Dude, Chuck E. Cheese was behind Epstein. You know Easy. what I mean? So, I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, what I mean, rating no, would you give this out of five stars, right? As a film on itself. Five stars, man. Like I said, this is my favorite movie right now. So right now, as you're asking me, this is a five. Uh, as far as movies go, um, I think it's something everyone should watch. And then if we're talking, you know, with the other Kennedy's. ratings, what's that? Kennedy's. Kennedy's. Um, I give it again a nine eight. I mean, this is the highest on all my Damn. ratings. It's my favorite movie. You know what I mean? It, it really is my favorite movie. So it's it's high for me. Nine eight as far as conspiracies go, because you got digital rights, you got religious tyranny, you got fucking Big Brother, you got all these things that are really relevant right now. You got Agenda twenty thirty, um, and then what was the last one? Scariness to it, yeah. Scary. I've accepted my fate. Okay, 
Uh, to me, this is like a two as far as scary goes. But to the average person, this would be a four, 4.5, five. I mean, this is scary stuff. If you're talking about, like, this is like Mormon level d- DNA manipulation. Nothing against my Mormons out there. My, both my grandmas are Mormon. Uh, one's passed away, one's still alive. But the Mormons take your DNA and they baptize it into Mormonism. This is essentially that same thing. They're taking Jews. They're taking Islamic people. They're taking all these different people, and they're baptizing them, and they're bringing them back against their will and against their knowledge and bringing them back under Catholicism and and ushering them in under their God, who I think is this kid that was – they never explicitly mention him as the Antichrist. I just see him that way. But, yeah, man, I think uh, depending on the way that you view it, it could be a, a five or a two. But for me, it's a two because I'm not I don't believe in that Antichrist stuff. Yeah, it's it's going on my list, man, just from the trailer. Like it looks it looks freaking awesome. It's great, dude. Like I said, my favorite movie, man. I, I consider myself somewhat of a film buff, and I think it's especially to anybody that is into conspiracies. It's a must watch. Yeah, yeah. I think both of y'all's had significantly more symbolism than than Hellraiser. But again, those are they're both more recent movies, and they just kind of obvious. They, they put it so in your face. They yeah. put so much of it in now. Um, it all makes me wonder what what they're telling us, why they're telling us. You know, like. What it's exactly? anti-Christianity, man. That's what it is. I sure. think that's what this all comes down to. Whether you're Christian or not, I think that you can't deny it. Um, you think that's the overarching, like the the umbrella? Of well, things? think about think about the movies that the three of us talked about here. Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. It's anti-Christian, right there, right? Well, and it had the the Catholic symbolism is with the Virgin Marys all over the house too. Mm-hmm. So right. Um. Drews is talking about interdimensional fucking entities that don't seem to be benevolent, right? So these, I, I don't think these would be angels. Seems like more demonic shit. And then I'm talking about a movie that I said, uh, in my opinion, and, and as far as I know, I'm the only one that watched it here, the three of us, you know, the, it's bashing Christianity when I think Catholicism is the thing that should be looked at more. Um, that's just my opinion. Again, uh, people can, can think whatever they want, but yeah, dude, I think that the attack, uh, the, the main plan is to attack Christianity and make that look bad for whatever reason. Uh, not saying Jesus was a hundred percent real. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that it seems like they're trying to fucking attack Christianity. And that makes me lean towards Jesus. Like I said, I pray to him every night, man. Um, but I don't know if, I don't know if anyone's hearing me or not. That's the whole thing. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, but why are they attacking that? Well, because yeah, it's, what, you know, it, it's something that is not their power. You know, like like maybe they know that Christians um, aren't as susceptible to just overarching tyranny. Yeah, because they don't attack other gods. They don't attack Allah. They don't attack Shiva. They don't attack fucking Ganesha. They don't attack Buddha. Whatever reason, it's Jesus, and he's the fucking problem. I don't know. I, that's why I look to him, dude. Like that, you know. If it, like I said, whether he's listening or not, whether he's a he, whether he's a it, whether whatever the fuck it is, I pray to that, and uh, that's my thing, man. Well, you kind of see that in the West in general at the moment, don't you? As kind of 
mainstream religion has been disappearing from society, government's been taking its place more yeah. and more. And that's communism and socialism, right, Drew? I mean, yeah, that, that's what that yeah. is. It's like have faith in the state. The state's going to save you. Who's going to get you health care? Jesus ain't going to do that shit. It's the fucking state, right? So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a satanic system, man. That's why people talk about communism being so satanic and shit like that. But I don't know, dude. Well, I, statism I don't have any in general answers. is, I think that's just a statism in general, not necessarily communism. Here and he wearing different hats, right? Or socialism. Sure. It's all the same shit. Like, sure it's all statism because that's what it requires to exist can't you can't have communism or socialism without statism right you can't have capitalism without it either really i mean well you can't capitalism have doesn't exist but that's a podcast for another time <laughs> <laughs> well you can't have any kind of yeah you can't have anything because yeah yeah obviously another time but yeah man this is uh fuck it, it, it's a hell of a conversation happy Happy I Halloween, guys. Yeah, happy Fucking Halloween egg. to people out there. Can't wait to go and watch this film, Ryan, because, that, like I said, and Bob can attest to the trailer was just sold me on it. But hearing what you were talking about, even knowing some of the details in that film now, I'm more inclined to watch it more than once within the next week. Can't I hope wait you watch to sit it. Down and watch it. Yeah, yeah. I, ho- I really hope you both watch it. And it'd be interesting to maybe kind of like revisit it a little bit. Um, Cause yeah, I've seen both of the the films that, that you guys were talking about and it's just, uh, it's been a while since I've seen Hellraiser, but yeah, I think that you'd both really get something out of that movie and it'd be two different things realistically. So we might have something that we can mention. And then uh, I, I think a great fucking idea would be talking about some of these first, uh, first person films, you know what I mean? These mockumentaries, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, Another and, uh, good one. Dude. I got, you guys I got two on. films that I need to watch soon because they were both badass looking. The trailers are right up my alley on both yeah. of them. So, and I'm always looking for something different to watch. So, smoke a bowl, watch them both, dude. Generally, at the same time, <laughs> simultaneously, <laughs> like one on one on a iPad or something, one on the TV. Just like, <laughs> see if I, I got tyrannical up, Catholic like, mushroom DMT people. Just like try <laughs> try to sync them up like you do with Pink Floyd and fucking yeah, yeah, uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Wizards of Oz. This is crazy. Yeah, you just come back and his face is upside down somehow on his head. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, this is. I mean. This is a cool show, man. I, I'm a little drunk. I'll be honest. You guys do a fucking cool thing with this. I really think it's a cool idea, man. Well, dude, so, fucking thanks for thanks for coming in when we needed a third, man. Again, dude, I'm really, really happy and honored. And I'm sorry that I missed last week. I'll I'll break the fourth wall. I missed last week, okay? But, uh, yeah, you guys are fucking awesome. And it's a fun, fun chat every time we do this, man. I think we should up it to two a month. I'll tell you right now. I'll put that out I'd there. I'd be down with that. Hey man, I'm I can do that. I just cancel the time out and make sure it's it's there for recording, man. I can do that. Let's do it. I ain't Let's got no kids it. yet. <laughs> yeah, you fucking kidless assholes. He's got kangaroos. <laughs> All your free time. <laughs> hey man, I don't care kids either, dude. But that's what I'm saying. Well, I'm an Both Australian. Things. I've got to go out six o'clock in the morning and milk the kangaroos, man. Come on. Very busy over here. Well, it seems like you got to ask the government if you can have kids before you do it, too. It's <laughs> right. fucking wild. Yeah, right. You would, you just haven't gotten permission. It's not that yeah, you, yeah. you, you haven't had them yet. They haven't the granted you the takes permission. so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you guys for another fun one. 
Well, that was it, everybody. That was our Halloween special. Hope you all go out and watch each of these films. If you've already seen them, watch them again. If you spot anything we haven't spotted, let us know. Jump on our Instagram and tell us what your favorite Halloween film is. We'd be keen to hear it. All right, everybody. Catch you next time.